0: a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast your two weeks out of free agency edition of the pack a day podcast uh, my name is jacob morley you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and i am joined as always by my co-host ross Uglem. you can find him on twitter at ross Uglem. Ross was just busy getting his mock draft Monday up today. So if you have not checked that out, make sure you head on over to PackerReport.com. Um, get that get that uh, in your noggin. It's basically a one stop shop for all your mock draft needs. Um, everything going on in kind of draft Twitter um, right now for the Green Bay Packers. That's over at Packer Report. Ross, what else we got going on over at Packer Report right now? Tons of stuff,
1: really exciting. You uh, put a, a fun idea out there that I'm excited to see you get working on. Dusty Evely working on a Jace Sternberger piece. Man, it better be about the best uh, analysis in the history of analysis because he's been in the film room for about three weeks on that bad boy. And uh, so really excited about the Jace thing. But, you know, we, we've got content coming all the time. We've got a VIP piece up right now from uh, Mark Echo. Have two different and really intuitive film study pieces on Rick Wagner, one from Andy Herman and one from Owen Reese. And I'm going to actually update the Packers big board and expand it. Uh, we did the free agency big board, but it's been a while since we dropped the Packers big board over at uh, packreport.com. And what that is uh, for you guys is a Packers specific big board. So what it does is it takes my personal rankings and then I kind of weight them as, a, as I see Uh, the Packers needs so basically if the Packers had the first pick who would I take and then if that player was gone who would I take and if that player was gone who would I take and that goes um, I would guess right now we're somewhere around 70 on the Packers big board I I think we can get up to 100 or 150 because uh, well frankly my, my top 300 is done and it's up and it's available over at fanspeak.com you can uh, mock draft using my personal big board my personal rankings
0: yeah and that's what i what i really like about that idea too is the fact that you have your 300 um, but what's not realistic about that is there's no team in the NFL that has a board that has 300 players on it. Um, most teams in the NFL they're going to have a big board that's similar to like what Ross is doing, where they have their specific players, and it probably is going to go about 120 to 150 deep, um, which a lot of, which surprises a lot of people. But that's kind of how NFL teams operate when you know they're looking at players, and and there'll be thresholds for guys, there'll be character stuff, there'll be this and that that you know, they're pretty uh, liberal with the way they take guys off their board. So um, it's an interesting study and it's something that I look forward to. And so um, if you haven't checked it out in the past, make sure you go over there. And um, something that Ross and I are actually going to do today is kind of to piggyback off that idea where we're going to talk about two or three guys that when you go through this process and when you watch players, (laughs) there are certain guys that you just watch. And whether it's for the Packers or whether it's, you know, another team, you just some players you watch them and it, they just absolutely scream. This player is a blank. You know, this player is a Patriot. This player is a Packer. This player is a Kansas City Chief. Like last year when the Chiefs took Nicole Hardman in the second round, everybody was just kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, of course they did because he's a Chief." Um, so there are t- there are guys that when Ross and I watch too, they they absolutely scream Green Bay Packer. Um, And some things that are starting to be more and more clear with the Packers and the way they draft is they love their athletes. Uh, Ross has got his RAS big board over at PackerReport.com right now as well, which is very, very insightful. I believe, Ross, you you said it in a tweet or it even says it in the article. Like, chances are 80 to 90 percent of the Packers draft is going to be in that article. Um, So. It, when you're looking at stuff like that, those are the names to get familiar with. So we kind of took that same concept, and that's what we're going to give you today. Just two guys, two or three guys that we think, hey, this person, this guy, is going to be a Green Bay Packer. And I, I'm going to start with someone, and Ross um, talked about it. Uh, last year, uh, I was just kind of screwing around and looking at what Mike Pettin has done in the past because last year, obviously, edge Rusher was a position that was uh, high on the Packers' need. They spent two... You know, they spent a lot of money in free agency. They spent the top 15 pick on it. So I just wanted to look at all the guys that Pettin had played, you know, on his teams, on his one deep, two deep guys they drafted, guys they had brought in, and what are some traits that I can see that maybe are similar. So I narrowed it down to seven things and just kind of messing around with it. Uh, When I was done with it, the guy that, that was on the top of the board was Rashawn Gary with all seven. He hit all seven marks. Um, At the time I did it, I almost kind of threw it out because I was just like, ah, they're not going to take Rashawn Gary. Lo and behold, they took him at 12. Um, So using that again this year, that's going to be what I'll I'll write about that. Probably the next couple weeks here, I have to get done with my my profiles for Arrowhead Pride. I'm still kind of deep in that for the draft guide. But when I get to that, it'll be a lot of
1: fun. What's that? Nobody cares.
0: Well, hey. You should get that one too. It's a great, it's a great guide, <laughs> especially because we're gonna have all this free time on our hands when the draft comes through. We will all have plenty of time to read multiple draft guides. Uh, but there's a guy that that hits a lot of those thresholds. And when I watched him before I even looked at those thresholds, he was a guy that was like, "Man, this guy looks like a Mike Pettin edge player." With Kyler Fackrell leaving, edge kind of becomes a need for the Packers. Not a top need, but in that, those mid rounds a guy like this. And the guy I'm talking about is Jabari Zuniga from Florida. And when you watch this guy, the first thing that stands out to you is this guy's got one of the heaviest pairs of hands in the 2020 draft class. Like he wants the offensive tackle to feel his presence every single play. Um, he does a really good job of just burying his hands into the, that old tackle's chest. And then he does a really good job of controlling the line of scrimmage, keeps his head up, keeps everything in front of him. Um, And then when he needs to, he's really good at shedding blocks and being able to make plays in the backfield. Just a super strong physical edge setter. Um, I think he's going to excel in the run game right away. I think he's got very good functional strength. Um, His instincts are pretty good. He doesn't really get fooled by that misdirection, which you like to see because, heck, that's what the 49ers did to the Packers all day long in the playoffs. Um, So he's a guy I really like. One thing about him, though, that typically in the past that I wouldn't like is – I usually don't like bendy or I don't, I don't like edge rushers that aren't super bendy. And for whatever reason, the Packers haven't really drafted those guys. Um, Zadarius Smith is not a guy that wins with flexibility. He's a guy that's going to beat you with raw power. Preston Smith has got a little bit of that bend in him, but then Rashawn Gary is not a super bendy guy either. They, they win with power. They, they want to run through your face. Uh, Zubar uh, Zuniga is one of those guys. So he's a guy that now as I'm watching and I'm learning a little bit more about maybe what the Packers' preferences are, I watch a guy like this and I just say, heck, like this guy could absolutely be a Green Bay Packer. Um, his his athletic profile too, his RAS, his relative athletic score is 9.74, which is, that's freak show status. Like that is that is very good. Um, I actually compared him, my comp for him is Zadarius Smith, just because I think they play very similarly. He's a much better athlete than Zadarius was coming out. Um, but they do both play with that violence. Um, he he checks a lot of boxes for the Packers. Um, he's a guy that man, if he was in green and gold, you know, day three, that fourth or fifth round range, I could absolutely see Jabari Zuniga being a Green Bay Packer. Um, you know, come draft day, Ross, who 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 when you're watching film just stuck stuck out to you?
1: You mean as far as a guy that I think might end up in Green Bay? Yes. Yeah, I think the number one guy, and this is the year to do it, right? Is to pick who that uh, you know who who is going to be that round two receiver uh, and follow in the footsteps. And and I, you know, obviously, I would love to see um, you know a, a, a round one guy like a Justin Jefferson, Falls halls, or they pull the trigger on Denzel Mims or, or what have you, but um ultimately i think the 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 modus operandi of the packers is to take you know probably a corner or a and and i don't think they will a corner or a a trench player in, in round one and then go to you know that that wide receiver in round two and the guy that i think hopefully you know for them would be around at 64 and and the guy that I think just is going to end up being a Packers is Michael Pittman, Jr. Six foot four, uh, I think has the strongest and maybe even the best hands in the draft. Just a phenomenal uh, catcher of the football does it consistently away from his body, which is so important and really, I think gets it. And is, is, is you know, obviously a legacy kid going to come in understands what it takes to win in the league understands what it takes to be a professional uh, and, and I just really think he's going to be a, a Packer. And, and I know, you know, that the Ted isn't there anymore. Um, I understand that it's, it's not, you know, you don't just point here, uh, you know, just point your yourself and point your compass at the Pac-12 and go find his draft picks. But it, it, it doesn't mean that they won't, uh, you know, obviously go into the Pac-12 for a player like Michael Pittman Jr. And you look at his RAS profile, you look at, uh, his size, you look at the guys that they tried to draft, uh, the Scantlings and uh, even the EQ. But I think they're very similar guys, though, I think, at, where EQ probably functions as a big slot. I think Pittman Jr. legitimately functions as an outside complement threat uh, to Devontae Adams.
0: And one thing that I, that I think you uh, kind of led into as well is with, with Ted, when he would draft guys, he he really looked for guys that were super productive in college too. You look at Greg Jennings, led the NCAA uh, his senior year. James Jones was was super productive. Devontae Adams was super productive. Um, so if, if Goot wants to get back to that a little bit, Michael Pittman Jr., I mean, we're talking about a guy that had over 100 catches last year, almost 1,300 receiving yards. I mean, production's there, uh, the athletic profile's there when you watch him uh, my favorite thing about him is you talk about his hands he's got massive hands like
1: they're big yeah not just, only are they strong they're big
0: he's a big dude just in general but he's got something something about him that when that ball is in the air he's got another gear and he he will go and get it and so that's i was really happy to see him test test well because i thought that's what i saw on tape um so i'm happy for him i'm excited for him i think he could be a guy that you right absolutely could see him being a green bay packer Uh, especially because that kind of seems like that's his sweet spot is that is that second round. So um, we'll see. But uh, a guy, another guy, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten, beaten trail here. Talk about a position that we don't talk about a whole lot for the Packers. And that is kind of that H back tight end fullback position, uh, kind of the spot that they wanted uh, Danny Vitale to be able to play. And for whatever reason, things just did not work out for Vitale. um, But he's a guy, he, he had a freaky RAS profile as well super good athlete. I, you know hope he you know nothing for the best for him in New England. I hope he can figure it out there. hope he has a successful career. did not work out for him in Green Bay. Uh, but that's a position that unless they want Jace Sternberger to kind of play that spot which he did last year and he he did it all right. Um, but I think they could add another player and a guy that really reminds me of Vitali but maybe just a souped up version of him is Dalton Keane. and he was he is a tight end. Um, that's where he, that's what he's listed at, uh, in Virginia tech. But when you watch his tape, he's really more of of an H back type guy. You know, he lined up all over the field for them. He really should be able to fit in any scheme because he is a very versatile player. If you want him to come in and just be, Hey, this is going to be, you know, our inline blocking tight end that by the way, he's got a 9.32 RAS, which was the best of, of the tight end group at the combine The guys a very good athlete was not used in that capacity whatsoever at Virginia Tech. So that's kind of the knock on him is you're going to get a very, very raw tight end prospect because they just didn't really ask him to do much of anything other than run up the seam, uh, line up in the backfield, and clobber dudes because that's kind of what he did. But he's a, he's another violent, violent blocker, uh, buries his hands into defenders. Uh, he, he does a good job with his feet. Once he makes contact, he's got good feet, so you don't see him falling off blocks very often. Um, so he's a guy that I think he really, he really also enjoys like the physicality of the game. And he's a really fun guy to watch because of that. Um, I really liked Trayvon Wesco last year out of uh, West Virginia, but Trayvon was not the athlete. He, he didn't have the profile. I think that the Packers liked, in fact, his was actually like below average is pretty bad. Um, Dalton Keene is a similar player like that, but he has got the athletic profile to really succeed. He tested super well. Um, I think he could come into the Packers and kind of play more of that fullback spot um, and kind of almost be like a Kyle Juszczyk is a guy that I, I really like to compare him to because he's a guy that, I mean, Packers fans saw it last year. He gave the Packers fits when they played against him. And he has the potential to be that type of player in the Packers offense. When you put a guy like that, you know, in a potentially high-powered offense like the Packers have, he's the type of guy that can do a lot of the little things, He's doing the blocking, he's playing special teams, and then whoop, before you know it, he slips out of the backfield, he catches the ball, nobody can catch him, he runs 60 yards for a touchdown. Um, so he could be that type of player in Green Bay. Uh, when I watch him play, he, he reminds me of a guy that I think Matt LaFleur could use in his offense and would do a very good job of using in his offense. So uh, that's my second guy that really just jumped off the tape to me and said, wow, I could really, really see this guy in green and gold. Ross, who's your guy, your second guy, I guess?
1: Yeah, so my second guy, uh, and I think we're still on the offensive side of the ball, is Jack Driscoll. And I think he just absolutely uh, – our guy Peter Bukowski, I think, is on this train as well. But Jack's a guy I spoke to at the Combine, uh, liked him, liked his his attitude, liked his insight into the game, um, played, I believe, left tackle at – he was either left tackle or right tackle at Auburn, um, but was – you know, the, the, the high, high upside um, athlete in the sense that he tested out with an 8.80 RAS. So he can move. Um, he's six foot five, 306, has those shorter arms, 33 inch arms. Uh, you know, so not everybody's going to love him, but, you know, uh, really an explosive athlete. And a guy, I think, in that Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, uh, maybe even, you know, Brian Bulaga type role or or, or situation where he's just really bright, um, played against SEC athletes his entire career, and I think has the opportunity to compete at right tackle. I think he could ultimately succeed Billy Turner uh, at right guard, and I just... I really think at 6'5", he has the ability to kind of move around the line without being, you know, kind of in a weird spot anywhere and has the athleticism and the pedigree. I just don't think that he's being projected to go high enough. And with that that profile of guys that they've, you know, swung on before, college tackle, who's a good athlete, who profiles as a mid-round guy, I just think Jack Driscoll has a really decent chance of ending up uh, being a Green Bay Packer.
0: And, I, I yeah, Driscoll is a guy – I think I've even talked about it with you as well. Like, he does. He seems like a guy that would absolutely fit right in in Green Bay um, and be very similar to what they've done in the past. And I'm actually going to stay on that offensive tackle train, and I'm going to give you another guy that played offensive tackle for Michigan, uh, but I think he's got a lot of the same similarities, probably just not as highly regarded – as Driscoll, and that's John Runyon. Um, his dad is John Runyon Sr. Uh, but I think he's he's very similar in that way of, you know, he's a guy that's going to – he played right tackle in college. I think he's probably going to have to kick inside. Um, but he's just a guy that – smart, heady, tough football player that you never really want to count out. He's got uh, – let me check his RAS. I don't know what his athletic profile is. But when you watch him – he just seems like that that type of guy that is going to be able to kick inside, maybe back up, you know, three to four positions. I don't know if he's ever a starter in the NFL, maybe, um, but I think he just seems like a Packer that's going to come in and be able to play a bunch of different spots. Um, so honestly, the first the first two guys that I talked about are guys that I would say like boom, I will I will stand for those guys. I will say those guys absolutely 100% seem like Green Bay Packers to me. Uh, John Runyon, I'll say. I could see it. Oh yeah, and he's got a great he's got eight point three three RAS. So I like him a lot as well. Um not that's as much a spot
1: at, that's a spot at offensive line that they have they they don't obsess about the RAS. There there are things they obsess about specifically, I think lateral agility, but you look at like a David Bactari, he's a sevens guy. You know, yeah. and, and, and so they're not you don't need to be a nine guy to to play at that spot for the Packers. Same thing same thing honestly with interior defensive linemen. You go back and you look at Mont Adams, you go back and you look at Kenny Clark and you, you are not finding nine plus guys. That 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 is just those are positions that they're they're not as obsessed. Corner, absolutely. Wide receiver sure seems like it. Um, you know, even Darren Jones at Tailback was a high, high level guy, but offensive line is is a place where they more have like specific thresholds you need to hit but then once you hit them they're they're, they're pretty okay with whatever
0: and one thing that i think the packers really like is look at look at these guys' uh short shuttles they're 20 yard shuttles though there is there's a number it's if you hit that four or five range And this isn't just Green Bay. This is, I think the NFL is kind of starting to catch on to this. Guys that have hit that under 4-5 range, their hit rate in the NFL is super high. There's one guy in this class that ran under a 4-5 at the NFL Combine. Ross, I will give you a high five if you can tell me who the one player to run under a 4-5 shuttle is in this class. At what spot? Tackle line. Offensive line. Ezra Cleveland. Dang it! Yeah, nailed it. Four four six shuttle. He's the yeah, only he one. A freak. freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He one hundred percent is a freak. Uh, but yeah, so that that is uh, that is off subject though. But those are our guys that you know if you watch film and you you like uh, Packers football, which I hope all of you do because you're listening to this. Those are guys I would keep an eye on. Um, I I would imagine most of those guys are probably on Ross's RAS shortlist as well. Like I said earlier, if you have not checked that out, make sure you head over to packerreport.com. And do that. Check out all the stuff that's going on over there. Um, Ross and Gilbert are back together uh, doing their podcast. If you haven't checked that out yet, the Grave Digger, Gilbert Brown, um, doing a weekly pod with Ross. So uh, it's really great content, really fun stuff, Um, especially, you know, during this time when honestly, we're probably all looking for something to do, probably looking for something to occupy ourselves a little bit. Um, So if you're leaning into those things like your podcasts and your content and stuff like that, Um, That's great. It's a nice little escape to get away from all the craziness in the world right now. Uh, So make sure you're heading over to PackerReport.com, checking out Gilbert Brown and Ross Uglin doing their thing. Um, But, Ross, unless you got anything else, that's all I got. So um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining us as always, and go Packers.